Anthony Edwards turned down an opportunity to participate in the dunk contest in his hometown. Hmm, that reminds me of someone else, but I can't put my finger on who. It's never good when, you know, you miss shots. Welcome to episode 154 of Wolves Cast, the show that is having trouble giving its best effort due to the upcoming All-Star break. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. I'm already checked out. I'm on vacation mode right now. I'm going to Puerto Rico with Benz. Yeah, I've got... Uh, Where to? I'm thinking about the sand. You know, I'm thinking about having a, a Mai Tai in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about all this basketball stuff and all this podcasting stuff, Scott. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to mail this one in. Uh, you know, we're going to try exactly as hard as the Timberwolves tried in the second half against Charlotte. Yeah. Last night, we're recording this on a Thursday. You're listening to this. Who knows? That's the thing with podcasts. You can access it this weekend or 20 years in the future. Wow. Yeah, it's Historical totally. document. It's incredible. How did the Wolves fans feel after Charlotte beat their butts? And then they'll listen to our podcast. And be like, Ooh, they won't tap in. Yeah, yeah, we're about to find out. But uh, hey, listen, things are bad, but we soldier on. Okay, this is uh, this is not an optional situation here. No matter how bad the team is, we're still doing shows. We're still we're still here for everybody. And I guarantee you, by next Tuesday, I'll be like, man, it's been forever since I saw a Wolves game. I want to watch a Wolves game. You know, They're yeah, gone, off till next Thursday, I believe. So yeah. we need a little we need a little distance from this team. I think at the at the moment, right? Like I think that's the beauty of the break. You know, for every all parties involved. Involved, just a little getaway, yeah, and then uh, we'll come back stronger than ever. <laughs> It'll make you realize what you're missing and be like, "Ooh, I do want to watch that second half of games." <laughs> I'm not ready for the off season yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So today we have um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it's, we're at the halfway point of the season, okay? So we have to look back at the terrible first half of this year, and then you know look ahead to. Hopefully uh, greener pastures, hopefully some uh, improvement from the team, hopefully some uh, uh, reinvigorated play. And uh, that's that's the main thrust of what we're doing here today. And, um, you know, so, yeah, we're going to do that. And, and uh, you know, much like we we try and do every now and then we got we got to bring on a guest every now and then we got to we got to, you know, spice it up. We got to we got to add some variety, some new voices coming in here you know despite the fact that we're you know watching the worst team in the league there's there's a whole bunch of uh great voices great uh you know talented people around the team and uh we, we got to keep uh, reaching out scott and so, you might not realize yeah. this but you know whenever we award wolfies as you're aware every week usually uh we also extend an offer to be on the podcast whoever wins those wolfies yeah. and this guest won a wolfie earlier this season neil awarded a wolfie to this guest a yeah. weekly wolfie and as a must follow on Twitter. And let me say that was a very good recommendation. My favorite Twitter follow of the season for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Someone who is delighting us with uh, images and videos and, you know, just great content all around. And uh, we're proud to say that he's a member of the Canis Hoopus team at this point. And uh, so we're very happy uh, to bring him on to the show um, uh, today. You know him on Twitter as Jake's Graphs, but uh, he has a last name and it is Kelly uh, welcome to the show, Jake Kelly. You are on Wolf's Cast. Wow, my first podcast I've ever been on. I told you guys <laughs> this, uh, but that is like I'm taking wolfies and turning them into dreams, or you guys <laughs> maybe are doing that for me. So, um, yeah, it is. It's it's an honor to be here. Uh, I wish I could be here under better wolves circumstances. Um, yes, but I know, like you guys are talking about, I I certainly took today. 
uh, at my nine to five and kind of just mailed it in. Um, I figured in honor of the wolves and figuring I was doing this tonight. Um, that was kind of my plan today, but I am sitting here in a Jimmy Butler jersey. I'm going to give this this episode of Wolves Cast my all. I'm going to treat it like uh, Game Seven of the Finals. So thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's great to have you here and uh, speak to you for the first time. You know, it's just uh, it's like I said, it's it's great to you know find uh, find folks who are still interested in this team and making cool stuff around it. And you know, I think you know for 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 us, the first thing we kind of saw from you is just these amazing sort of illustrations and drawings and and just really fun, like bright and colorful um, images that you make, um, about the team. And and we'll get into that a little bit, um, here in a little little while, but first, I guess, uh, I'd like to like to know, you know, because I think it's fun. We have guests on to get their background around the team. And, you know, uh, so, so much of this is just based on social media, but that's like immediate, that's what's happening right now. But, you know, I want, I'm just, we're trying to figure out where it started for you. Where What series of unfortunate events led you to becoming a Timberwolves fan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, most, yeah. for most of us, it's a regional thing. It's a regional effect. Um, but, yeah, what, what's your history with the team and the NBA? And, and, and just like, well, when you think about the, when you think about the Wolves, you know, what, what do you think about? And where did it all start for you? How, how did you uh, become uh, affiliated with, uh, with the team and this affliction? Uh, I would say it was probably the Gerson Rosas hiring, uh, that really captured my attention. I was like, wow, I'm in, I'm in. No, I, it's <laughs> a, a regional fan. thing. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been a fan of the Timberwolves, you know, since the nineties. Right. And I was growing up here in Minneapolis for the most part going to games. I mean, it was, it, it was really cool. Um, and so I'm, you know, by nature, a Minnesota sports fan, uh, I, I did have, you know, a brief Lakers phase in about the early 2000s, uh, right around when the the Wolves and Lakers were playing in the uh, Western Conference Finals. So I was at those games, and I think I was wow. wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. Wow! Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Neil has a jersey that's reversible. It's KG on one hand, and then you can you can turn it inside out. And it's a Kobe I, Bryant jersey. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, those were those were the the coolest. Uh, and that, that was seven era. Perfect. Yeah, yeah Neil had, Neil's had his yeah. for a long time. A couple years ago on eBay, I bought a Stefan Marbury Allen Iverson reversible one. Oh, that was, a, that was a cool era where they had those those flip jerseys. That was just such a fun idea. It's just so cool. It's also like a yeah. very kind of like like weird idea like if you're a fan of one team maybe you'll also right. like the 76ers like i guess with the wolves <laughs> and the lakers there's always that thing where part of the coming of age i feel like of being living in minnesota is having a, a brief fling with lakers fandom we know whenever yeah. the lakers are here you know there's more kobe jerseys in the target center than any other jersey and part of it, that's because you know they moved away from minnesota so they're kind of like the prodigal son who hasn't returned yet so i i know that it's not uncommon for minnesotans to have kind of like a complicated relationship with the lakers i remember I mean, we were huge Kobe fans during the Kobe Shaq days, you know, Kobe Bryant, NBA courtside for the N64. Uh, We were all about that. Yeah, totally. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You were into that Kobe Shaq era as well. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just, you know, that that was like growing up getting sports cards. And like, I thought the Lakers ones were cool. Obviously loved KG. um, And that that faded. I mean, I remained, you know, kind of attached to them for, you know, purposes of, of some of the players I liked as well as other teams. But like, obviously my my number one was always the wolves you know like i i think when the lakers won that series i was sad you know like it, right. I, that was that was the ultimate feeling that i remember from that not that i was cheering for the lakers you know and i think i was 
secretly like wanting the wolves to win and that's how i felt you know since then and since then they haven't had the chance to go back <laughs> so i you know just like all of us like just kind of remained a a patient fan and kind of went through the i guess i guess the times when things were like this 10 years ago i may have been like really just uh you know mad uh but now it's just kind of like it's just kind of who we are like it it's just this is what we do. We make the best of it and we kind of laugh about it. And um, you, you have know. to embrace it to be a fan for any length of time. I mean, we talk about this podcast. Uh, we are not the best Tim Rolls podcast. We're not the most popular, not the most listened to, uh, but we are one of the longest running because we see other people come on to this team super hot, try to have a weekly podcast and stuff, and they burn out after a year or two or three years. <laughs> Eventually, everyone burns out. So if you haven't yeah. burned out yet, is there something special that has. Uh, you know, you've. I think you've come to the team on their own terms, and I think that's something that fans have to do. Is that, you know, we're not disappointed when all the crazy shenanigans and failure happens every year because that's what being a Wolves fan is. It's par for the course. It's embracing the dysfunction. I was really uncomfortable the year we were good with Jimmy Butler because I didn't know how to handle being a winner. I didn't know how to handle like having expectations of winning. It's too much pressure. Not. I wasn't a huge fan of that. It's true, and I mean, like. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea how I even responded when this team was good. <laughs> and it was like three years ago, you know, and it, it's just it's turned so quickly. But, you know, we 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 stay here um, and, you know, the, the Internet is really just a great thing because it's it's podcast, it's Twitter, like all of these different ways to consume it. And so it's not just 2009, you know, you watch the game and you're like, that was really bad. I'm going to turn off. Now it's like. I can go on Twitter or listen to a podcast and and have like some spin on that game that like, you know, whether it's in the moment or afterwards or whatever that like kind of makes it palatable or can make you laugh or can, you know, break it down in a way that maybe you you couldn't have done 10 or 15 years ago. So that that's kind of changed it. And I don't know, I I hope I don't get to the point where I don't care. Um, I don't feel like I'm (laughs) headed in that direction. But you know, I know we're going to talk about what's going on and and it's uh yeah it's pretty bleak <laughs> well yet you're still on here i've you know after this yeah. whole first half of the season you're still on here still excited i always think you know that you know we're such like no reasonable person would be a tim rolls fan there's no there's no reason you know the easily the worst franchise in all major sports but i think that because of that whoever is still around we get some really great content like the the bloggers like you were saying like the podcast hosts the content creation whoever is making fun tim rolls stuff is really really good at it because like all the fairweather fans got scared away so like i think your account your twitter account is just like a great example of like we have like these passionate fans who who you know i feel like for other franchises you have to wade through so much of that fairweather fan stuff to find the good stuff and like no we just got the gems we only have the real treasures who are stuck around yeah there's not a lot of like casual wolves fans either right it's like if you're still hanging through like you are you are in it deep you know, and so I think that's that's uh, what we all have. In co- the people that are still around have that in common too. Of like, oh, okay, you've probably seen some stuff because you're still here. Because if you were brand new, you wouldn't still be here. You you would have checked out a while ago. Or if you're just like kind of a casual Wolves fan, you're not paying attention this season. You just say, oh, I'll catch them next year. Yeah, you know, like you do with other sports where you don't really care that much. You watch them if they're good, and if they're not, you're just like, eh, okay, just just casual with it. Um, that's interesting. But no, we're the people who are <laughs> we're down by 25 in the fourth quarter, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to watch these last five minutes. 
Yeah. I might I might get a glimpse yeah. in garbage time of something that you know yeah, there might be something well, valuable. I need to here. see it. I can't shut it off. We we had a you know our our head coach has been here what almost two weeks a week and a half and that meme that was going around last week of like you know his introductory press conference he's smiling and it was the you know how it started and then how it ended and it's a picture of him just looking just damaged yeah. he was yeah. just looking hurt <laughs> so Grizzled. you know that's that's us only it's it's twenty thirty years oh man yeah that's we're gonna look like that. Uh, yeah, totally. So, I'm, so yeah, like we said, we, uh, we came across your work via Twitter, you know, the images, the videos, the gifts, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm just wondering how you got into that as you know, with the wolves, because like you mentioned, you know, you've been going to games for a long time and kind of grew up around the team in the nineties and that kind of stuff. But, um, at what point did you kind of decide, like, I'm going to start making stuff around this team and around the wolves and start, you know, being creative and putting out content and kind of being able to do illustrations and that what spurned that and, and sort of what, uh, and, and what, uh, kind of, I don't know, what's your background with sort of the, the those types of things that you might be known for here around uh, around the wolves uh, uh, fandom. Yeah, well, I I probably would attribute that to you know the quarantine and and the pandemic. Like the last wow. year is really when I just kind of started actually spending time trying to make things that are you know quote unquote cool or look cool or you know that that receives like praise from you guys, which I super appreciate, and that's like awesome to hear. Um, you know, prior to that. I was really just kind of churning out just some low quality, horrible memes. I mean, that's where my heart is. And so I was like, you know, I would poorly Photoshop a picture of Nas Reed's face onto a race car, you know, and then I was like, you know, NASCAR. And it was just like a dumb meme. And then by the time, you know, like June of last year came around, I'm like, instead of, you know, doing a really poor quality job of something that, you know, no one might even care about, maybe I'll like draw it and see if I can spend some time because I have the time. Um, so I, I, I'm a data analyst by, um, by trade, right? I, I do that kind of thing, um, for work. And so I, I do love data. And so, you know, you'll get an, you'll get an occasional graph, uh, and some data points that <laughs> I like to throw out there, but you know, it was just kind of like an escape from, from what I do every day. And it's, it's fun for me. It's relaxing. Like, you know, it just became kind of a, a hobby. Um, and I definitely needed a hobby, especially, you know, from March 2020 onward. And so it just kind of yeah. grew to be something that I really enjoyed. And I, you know, applied it to the Timberwolves because I maybe I don't know the answer to that question uh, other than I just love the team, right? <laughs> uh, there, there could have been other things I guess I could have um, went in that direction of, but then I think about it and I'm like, no, I just love that team so much. Um, and I was, uh, I, I kind of started doing memes for the Minnesota Twins um, on my, my Twitter account. And that's when I got into kind of posting on Twitter. Um, prior to that, I, I really wasn't like a big Twitter guy. I didn't like get takes Ooh, off and, and things excited. like that. You know? Twins memes. Neil, you know, is a basketball guy through and through. I'm a huge Twins fan, so I'm looking forward to continuing to follow you into the Twins season and see what we get. But I think that, you know, something that has always been true for us is that we have a lot of creative energy and like if my job isn't giving me the outlet to express all my different avenues of creativity then I, I want to do that in my own free time and w the wolves have always just been the thing that's easiest to hit, you know pin it to like uh, uh, yep. I'll, it's the theme that I like riffing on you know kind of like a jazz thing where it's like uh, you know 
we started out as T-Wolves, T-E-E Wolves, a name that you have to spell out if you're using it sound-wise because it only (laughs) works in writing. It's like T-shirts. And that was, I think, a response to us like wanting to have cool NBA gear, especially around like 2010, like all the NBA stuff was like really homogenized and like just like templates where it's like, we're just going to swap between the team names and it's the same shirt for every (laughs) franchise. And so we wanted to do stuff that was more personal and like also kind of like Mimi kind of as well. And that was just out of the desire to kind of create the stuff that we didn't find. But then we went through a lot of permutations. We were a blog for a while. And then it was just always like whatever creative itch we wanted yeah. to was scratch. It was like, let's do a Timberwolves thing to, to reach that, you know. And so, like, that's how the podcast started, too, is we wanted to do podcasting. So it was like, well, what topic are we going to pick? Let's do Timberwolves, you know. And so we originally called Timberwolves a podcast, another name that doesn't work when you, <laughs> for any reason. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're bad love, at naming yeah, things. Yeah. We're bad at naming things. But uh, yeah, so it's just like, I totally get that, where it's like, this is something, I want to do something fun and creative, and why not make it Timberwolves? <laughs> yeah, it, it, and you know, the fact that I started kind of doing that March of 2020, there wasn't a Timberwolves game, you know, for nine months or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. A, I don't, you know, that's the thing. Of, like, there was nothing to react to. <laughs> but it's still, it was just kind of like, that's what I gravitated toward. And I just kind of, you know, like I said, I I like that kind of aspect of, of what Twitter can bring. So I'm like, I guess I'll throw it out there and see if anybody cares to see this. And uh, so, yeah. But you're so talented. You, where, where did you learn this stuff? Like, did you, are you just like self-taught with like Photoshop and stuff? I just feel like there's... There's some more there, like you, uh, you know. It's yeah. Behind the scenes, Neil is scrolling through your Twitter feed and <laughs> laughing off mic at some of the yeah. stuff he's pulling up. I mean, you definitely have a uh, style, but it's just like I don't know. Where did did you ever do this stuff for other things? Like I guess you said like twins a little bit and things like that. But how did you, especially like the videos and stuff like that? Are you just like figuring out on the fly, or did you have any sort of classes on this? Or no, yeah, no, no. It's pretty much all just on the fly in Google. I mean. You know, I, I feel like you can you can learn a lot just from Googling things. I did take an art class in high school um, one. I drew a really good picture of Kiefer Sutherland, and I was like pretty proud of it. I have it <laughs> framed. It's it's like down in the in the storage. But I I was always proud of that one work. So then I was like, maybe I have an artistic side, I guess. Um, and so yeah, I just I never really did anything like that um, until a couple of years ago. I was like. You know, just kind of inspired and wanting to learn something new um, and, you know, just kind of Googling things. If I want to figure out how to do something, I guess hopefully there's an answer out there. And a lot of times there is. So you don't do any art for anything else like in your life? No, I don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, what what is art, right? I mean, anything could be. I put together PowerPoint presentations. If you want to call that art, I guess. Yes, I do. Nas (laughs) Reed's face on a race car is art. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) These these memes are art. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good, and I'm I'm just glad you decided to you know go into that, and you know it's it's too bad it took a pandemic, but that's how it goes. Well, I think it's one of the best things about being a Timberwolves fan is just like when you scratch the surface and you feel you see this really creative community of passionate weirdos who are too stupid to root for a better team. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It unites us. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's good. Now, what do you what are you thinking for the rest of the year? Now, do you have any plans for other like uh, bigger things? And I know you're, you know, you're contributing at Canis Hoopus now. Like what what's next? What's next for uh, Jake's graphs as far as uh, you know, maybe some uh, artistic content? Is there anything you can tease, or is it all just like when something happens, that's what inspires you, and you don't really have any plans going forward? 
Oh man, I am pretty re- reactionary. Like Good, I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's maybe part of working from home, right? That I'm like, if it, I just have more time to have random thoughts or something. So I, I kind of just go with whatever comes to me at the moment and then say, all right, I got to attack this. So, um, you know, I am trying to kind of put some things on t-shirts. Like I do love clothing. Uh, so t-shirts, hoodies, that kind of stuff. Like I enjoy making, uh, dumb designs for those things. Cause those are things that I would also buy. Um, so I have a, a couple thoughts around, you know, some self-deprecating, uh, wolves adjacent stuff that you know maybe of interest but otherwise you know it's it's just pretty much just whatever kind of yeah. comes to my head you live know. in the moment dim rolls have demonstrated that plans are meaningless you know the best laid plans of mice and men often go around. what even is planning yeah i mean <laughs> man plans god yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice okay cool well that's great get some getting to know a little bit about mr uh, mr jake kelly here um, but now yeah. that we're all buddies, yeah, now we're all friends. Now we know each other. Now and you know everyone, it. yeah. If you didn't listen to Neil earlier this season, follow at Jake Scraffs. Yes, yep. favorite follow of the season for yep. me. But we'll, it'll be all linked up in the show notes here, so you'll be able to just click on that. And we got to embrace the uh, the good parts of the season because as we are going to dive into in this episode, yeah. the first half of the season was more bad than it was good. Oof, to yeah, put it lightly. yeah. So you know we're gonna do some predictions a little bit later, and you know talk talk a little bit more about what goes forward. But uh, I we're don't gonna, know. We're also gonna skip week recap. I know yeah. some of you only tune in oh, to hear our week recap. But uh, come on, you want me to hear about this week? I think we all want to put this past week behind us. Yeah, yeah. Let's not even let's not even talk about those last four games. Uh, but yeah, let's let's just get into you know the first half of this season, and I think it's kind of just really trying to figure out like where where the low points are, right? Because there just wasn't much else out there Um, because basically this is like the worst case scenario like nobody could have predicted this i mean we keep saying oh we thought we were low on this team predicting what 27 wins we all we all picked the under yeah yeah. our season predictions but that wasn't low and that was also us saying like okay if everything goes right if cat stays healthy the whole season (laughs) if d'angelo russell stays healthy if everything breaks right we think that they will still be like four or five games under the un- the over under set for them the uh, Vegas yeah. line. We we're like, if everything goes perfect, maybe we can get to twenty seven wins. And now we look like optimistic fools. We look like just like those homers who are high on their own supply, drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, the Timberwolves are going to be a twenty seven win team. No, we aren't. No way. Yep. So basically, everything went wrong, and uh, that is it's just it's just wild. I mean, we've all seen these were like really tough wolf seasons, but to me, this one is especially out there and a lot of it obviously has to do with the strange year that the entire league is experiencing right like all the absences and you know resting and just like the frantic schedule but this team was always going to be bad but didn't help that we had so many new people on this team and no training camp we had you know anthony edwards got we're relying on these rookies who got no summer league you know an abbreviated training camp they were drafted by the team and then playing for them in games like a week later yeah, yeah. So it's been it, everything's really been bad. But Jake, I mean, when you think back at this, you know, first thirty six games or whatever, like what what are some of the first things that stick out to you that kind of have defined, uh, you know, the dysfunction and and, and terrible play uh, from the first half of this season? Well, it was like we were getting killed by twenty thirty points a game for a good uh, third of the season, and then. The second third, we were kind of staying competitive, I feel like. Um, and these may not be right exactly timeline yeah. specific, but then it's we're back to getting killed again. And so I went back and was kind of 
you know, thinking about this because it's a nice even halfway point. You know, how do you define it all? It's it's just been bad. I mean, there have been like very few moments. Um, we're probably going to spend more time talking about the bad than the good. So, you know, it's it's really hard to even take anything and analyze it truly. Like nothing has ever been in place for a specific, uh, you know, set of time that is fair to analyze. And so, I mean it happened. Like we just, we got through it. We won seven games. Um, you know, I, I kind of walk away from it being like, I I wish we would have lost a couple more, uh, that we had won just for, you know, the (laughs) sake of being so far back, we might as well just have a couple more games. Um, I think it's, it's, it's tough to really say that anything has gone the way that we thought it would even at our most pessimistic. Um, I'm, I'm an optimist. I did, think that they had a chance to compete for the playoffs, you know, right, hang around like that 10 seed, which isn't even really that much of a, a asking much of them because the 10 seed is, I believe, below 500 at this point. Like they, they very well could have competed for something with any sort of hope like that they could have shown. And I mean, besides beating the Jazz, which is such an outlier, it's like there hasn't been a two game win streak. There hasn't been anything that really has gotten me to say like we could we could do something obviously this year um but now once it kind of gets to that halfway point it's like well now we're thinking about next year uh and now you know what what could we do then and and that's where it starts to get a little scary i think that's a part of the thing that's a bummer is that it's like you said everything is just shifting so much and there's a difference between a bad season where you grow a little bit i'm thinking of like the season where we had the worst record we got carl anthony towns but we also got to see like zach levine developing very slowly as a point guard we got to see andrew wiggins figuring some stuff out whereas this season has just felt like a lost season where there's we haven't we don't even have anything that we can build on because every time we we play a game it's a new starting lineup it's a different core member of this team who's out for reasons but suspended or injury or COVID or what have you. It's just like we we can't even be bad and have stuff to build on right now. It's just because it's been such a lost season. And that's kind of the worst thing is a lost season. Right. Yeah. None of it. None of it is any like data points that can be can really be valued here. And, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, we talk about a lot this, so far this year. And, you know, as far as you know, Ryan Saunders, you know, getting fired, it's like, okay, he didn't have his whole team, right? Cat was out for a long time. And then Russell's out. And now we have the Beasley suspension. And, and to a certain degree, that's fair to like, say, okay, you know, it's not really that bad. We just haven't had all our guys. But you look across the league, and a lot of other teams have had this same sort of issue. There's been a lot of injuries, you know, calf strains and hamstring stuff just because of the weird quick season and, you know, COVID absences. You look across the entire league, and maybe not hasn't been as bad as the Timberwolves have had it, but there's been some teams that are close, and they've figured out a way to make it work, and they've figured out a way to balance that five-game losing streak with a six-game winning streak and stuff like that. And so I think that's, like, the saddest part for the Wolves is they seem to be, like, the only only team in the league that has kind of like got hit and like been knocked down and like not got back up like they just have like all these things have like piled up on them and it's an excuse but the rest of the team the rest of the league also has these excuses but they seem to be okay they're doing the best they can and it's the unique thing about this franchise is that you can change the GM
GM, you can change the coach, you can change all the front office personnel, but yet the result is the same. Whoever we draft is going to underperform. Players come here and they play worse than they play to other places. And like, it's the same thing. Coaches come here and they're, you know, the Hall of Fame coaches like Rick Adelman comes uh. here and they just tank their winning percentage, their career <laughs> winning percentage. Same thing with Tom Thibodeau. Winning, winning percentage in Chicago and New York is all above 500. Yeah. And he comes here and he just ruins his career winning percentage. It seems like there's something about this franchise. And I don't think it's Glenn Taylor who's the only constant, you know, but it yeah. can't be him just because it's like no matter what, no, no matter who's in place, coach, front office, yeah, he cycled GM, through a lot of people, players, yeah. stars, yeah. anyone you go through, it's the same result. Something about this franchise is just cursed. Ugh. Well, and I think, you know, all of the excuses, like they're valid, right? And whether or not you choose to believe that's the reason why we're in, in this particular situation, um, you know. That's up to you. I I think that they're valid, though. And, like, the hard part is that even though they have some validity and at the same time we're seeing no results. So, like, how how many excuses can you take before it's like, well, actually, though, like, those might not even be the reason why. Like, there there is probably some, some bigger thing that's, like, just festering. So, that that's where it's tough. I mean, and, and for us, people that watch it, it's like – you see Nas Reed, Jaden McDaniels, the other, you know, J-Mac. Like, I have fun watching them, and I see them being productive players on this team for a while. But you know, for, for anybody that doesn't watch it that closely, it's like it's just bad, right? And you can't really win that argument you know, being like, well, actually, they have some, some good yeah. prospects. They just got to play a little more. And you, know, you, you list off the excuses, but it just doesn't really, really fly with, with – anybody that either doesn't pay that close attention or pays close attention and fairly says, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so I think there's a long tradition of Wolves fans like attaching to like the ninth man on the rotation or the 10th guy on the roster and being like, wow, look at this great season that Gorgie Jane is having. Or like, <laughs> man, this, you know, yeah. it's just like Corey Brewer, man, he, we're having fun cheering for him. Look at the new skills he's displaying where it's like, yeah, it's, Don's Reed's been great. So has <laughs> Jaden McDaniels been super fun to watch. But like we get hung up on these like success stories of the 10th man on the roster because we have to do something that because it feels good in comparison to watching your top five guys. It's the all, only thing you, you hang your head on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, Nas and Jaden, they're all part of the long tradition of us. Be, like really over celebrating the guys because like even Nas Reed you know I, I love the you know the video we made I love Reddit they've embraced him so so hard and yet that was Gorgie's role last season you know it's just like there's always got to be like that fringe guy that we're gonna spend all of our time celebrating and making memes about because the the honest truth is our stars are not you know doing the work or yeah. they're not pulling yeah out, you know that that is so true but you know we would take Gorgie back we might even take Corey Brewer back right now. I mean, he probably could help us Let's go in, in yeah. some ways. So that, that's coaching with the Pelicans. That, yeah. I can guarantee you, he'd probably be like top two on the team in hustle. You know, <laughs> he'd still, he, he wouldn't have let uh, Rogier get the, that, that wide open three. He would have hustled. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was thinking about the, the Kevin Garnett news today. I was like, it's too bad. He couldn't come back and play right now. I mean, I know he's 44, <laughs> but don't you guys think he could, he could probably suit up and, and help out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, no good, doubt in my be mind. A good rim protector there. But yeah, like you're saying, all those things are like, they don't move the needle on the team. Like they're like nice little stories, but they don't actually help you get more wins necessarily. It's just like all this background noise. And Sky, you, you kind of, you put in into our doc here today, 
today. Um, you know, ha- have have our opinions improved or worsened um, uh, on all these like top uh, you know names from from the Wolves here? We have Rosas, Towns, Beasley, D'Lo, Kogi, Culver, uh, Rubio, and Edwards, and almost to a man, they're all like they're all worsened, right? Like all the top guys that like would would you know again move the needle or you know cause wins here, they're all worse except for like Beasley and maybe Edwards, you could argue. Like the rest of those guys have kind of had down years or haven't hardly played, like stuff like, or, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So or it's, it's like, like that's that tells you the story right there. It's like yeah. all the most important players, you kind of feel worse about them uh, other than Beasley, really. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's weird to have your faith shaken in things. Like I think probably the most impactful one for me was Rosas, who yeah. up until I remember the day I texted you and Robert, Neil. Robert with an H, sometimes co-hosts the show. <laughs> Shots to Rob. Uh, it was the day we signed Wancho, where I was like, that was my emperor's new clothes. Like, the emperor has no clothes, actually, you mm. know, moment where I was like, wait a second, what if Rosas is stupid? Like, yeah. this whole time we've been giving him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, being like, he's smart, let's trust the plan, let's trust the plan. Even when he, like, dra- trades up to draft Car- Jarrett Culver, it's like, okay, that's an easy mistake, let's trust the plan, let's trust the plan, trust Maybe the process, yeah. uh, the process, uh, as the joke goes. And I always kept trusting him until first the Wancho signing, which is when I texted you guys, I was like, actually... What if Rosas doesn't know what he's doing and how <laughs> altering that it was? It changes your whole view of the franchise. And like, I still would give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think that's the number one thing is it's like, wait a second, maybe the guy in charge of this is actually very bad at his job instead of well, good, yeah. you know? The thing for me is, thinking back on that now, is the protection on the first round pick we owe Golden State. Yeah. Like, why could that not be one through four? Like the fact that it's one through three is so much of a worse deal than one through four. Because yeah. if you're one through four, you have such a harder chance of sliding out of that, you know. And just the fact that you couldn't get that done, like in hind- at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But when you think about that now, with how the draft lottery is, is like you need to protect it to four at least, not top three. Well, like, it's I mean, one of those things about negotiations when the other side knows that you will stop at nothing. Yeah, then they could really squeeze you. I'm surprised that it's not unprotected because sure. that's how bad Rosas needed D'Lo for some reason. Had to that's part of the 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 key part of his plan for this Towns era is we need to have D'Lo. I will give you anything you want for it. You know, yeah. like uh, in hindsight, not a great strategy. Yeah, and he he may not have been fully you know recognizing that a team willing to take a top three protected pick is probably going to take a top four protected pick. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just one more notch down. Like that would be uh, the quitting point. I hope he especially when least. it was so clear Golden State only signed D'Lo to flip him. Yes, like they were, yeah. they had no intention of keeping Curry him. He doesn't and, fit. Curry and Russell don't fit together and at so, all. And so, like, it's yeah. it's so clear that they only did it for that, and we're still just like, we need him so bad. Like, yeah, pay up. Don't, yeah. don't you guys think that not only did they take him just to flip him, but they took him just to flip him to Minnesota? Like, I <laughs> yeah, I swear it was like we're gonna yeah. just do this for one team and yeah, still come out with. And, you know, an, an unbelievable asset. Yeah, they, they knew exactly what they're they knew doing. Who the runner up was? They played and, him, and that's kind of the problem. Is like, you know, you, are you a smart GM if you make your intentions so clear that other team, other teams can take advantage of you like they did? Because that's entirely what happened. Golden State said, "Oh, they're desperate for him. Let's give him a max contract, and then just you know, charge an arm and a leg when we inevitably ship it to him." So, like, yeah, absolutely, they saw it and took advantage of it, which is, you know, a huge knock on Rosas that probably didn't get enough attention. Um. Yes, absolutely. That's definitely something to continue to wa- continue to watch, and uh, that'll be interesting. To, yeah, to see how that plays out. That's going to hang over the rest of the season for sure. Is the whole draft pick 
um, you know, positioning will be the big, the major, you know, talking points and the major headline. I think of the end of the season is is the bottom of the league, the the you know the the race to the bottom, as we like to say, which is you know kind of fun, but it's it's also very depressing. But it is it's, what we're it's all at. we know. Yes, it is. It is what we're, we're very we're good. The best it's very good at tracking the worst teams. In the I league. remember. I always say I remember when the day Jimmy Butler practice happened, where he exploded the Timberwolves. It was like us all snapping back into like our peak oh, yeah. form. It was like we were pretty bad at being fans of a good team. Not very good analysis. Not very good, you know, insight into what that's like. But once that dysfunction happened, it felt like oh. we all just went back to where we're comfortable and like, yes, right. This is the dysfunction we know. We can operate with this. So comfortable. Uh, yeah. So uh, briefly here before we get to our sponsor, let's talk about what we might uh, hope to see uh, in the final uh, half of the game, final thirty-six games. Um, we're going to get into predictions, so we'll predict some things at that point. But I don't know. I feel like it's uh, the whole thing will kind of be determined on which way they go from here. I mean, I feel like the trade deadline is going to loom large. Uh, Rosas made a big, big moves, multiple moves last year as far as trades go. So you really could see it going either way, right? They could become sellers, get rid of Rubio, get rid of some other guys who might have some value around the league potentially. Or you could see it go the other way and they, you know, swing a deal for Aaron Gordon or John Collins. Trade another first round pick. Trade another first round pick. No, we really believe in Russell and Towns. They're all going to come back. We just got to keep moving that way. So I feel like that is a big inflection point. Um, it does seem so, yeah. like they're not really – the plan isn't really to build around Towns and D'Lo. It seems like that's more of like Interesting. what we're going to have be like on the table so that fans will watch and be interested. But like it, the more we go on, the more it seems like their plan is like let's build around an Anthony Edwards core going forward. But if that was the plan, they wouldn't have traded a first-round pick for D'Lo, I guess. Yeah. So actually, who knows what they're doing. Yeah, Maybe they you don't could know. See it Maybe they don't. There. Yeah. Yeah. They're figuring it out on the fly as well, right? I mean that – that could have been the plan. Uh, you guys look back to last year's trade deadline. You know they they did trade away Covington, but ultimately probably won that trade. And obviously the the D'Lo trade feels like a win now move, even though they knew they weren't going to be you know making any. It was more like a this year move. Yeah. And now this year it's like you know I, I'm hearing the 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 talk about them potentially still be buying, and it's like first of all with what um, <laughs> yeah. you know I I kind of am in the camp of like let's just. Let's just settle down, have some consistency for just like a second, uh, you know, 36 more games. I know that we still have some suspensions and some injuries. Like, I, I just feel like keeping moving things around is only like, it just feels kind of like Rosas is just like, well, we can't really pin it on me if we can't make any assessments of any of these players for more yeah. than like 20 games at a time. Well, so I, I, I just want to see some consistency and, and just kind of know, even if that means they're you know, going to be the worst team record wise, like I will be fine with that and just live with, you know, rooting for like maybe them to be historically bad versus just bad. I think Um, uh, the Timberwolves are actually very consistent. They will always disappoint you. So whatever they're very consistent on, whatever your expectations are for the Wolves, they will find a way to go under that. And so I would argue they're consistent in that sense, but it is kind of a weird portion now where it's like, we sure we'd like to see a better team. We'd like to see more than seven wins in the second half. But we also don't want them to be so good that they would, you know, play themselves out of a bottom three record. Right? Yeah, you're in that it gets, awkward it gets period into that right weird now. Period. Yeah. And also, it gets to that point where we've seen this all the time. Like by the time D'Lo gets ready to go again, it's going to be late March, early April, and there's we're all, we're already going to be one of the worst records in the league. And we see a lot of times people are like, let's just not bring them back. 
let's just not have them play another game this season. And they did that with Towns last season. And also, it's like another shield for Gerson. He got he had to get rid of his shield of Ryan. He had to, you know, that was a scapegoat. He had to play that card already. But his other card could be, well, we haven't seen D'Lo and Cat play together. We can't really judge this last season because we haven't seen D'Lo and Cat play together. I guess we'll have to wait till keep extending next that. season. And so that's a that's mm-hmm. a real good reason for Rosas to be like, let's not bring D'Lo back this season. That way, it gives me a little extra shield, and it'll probably you know increase our odds of keeping this pick. Yeah, and and I just you know it's more just from a. I want those like little moral victories. Like I don't think we've even had a moral victory. Like I just kind of want to watch this team enjoy a game. I'm fine with them losing, but like, and I will, you know, I will assess any trade that's made. I'm sure that there will be some trades. I'm sure that they'll, you know, look to, to shake it up more, but it's just, I just want to know kind of what, what we have. And if, if it's tanking, like, I feel like the tank has kind of been tunk. Like, we're we're only three games back of Detroit, I guess. You know, it could be for the a second possibility. <laughs> yeah, for the second for the second slot, and, and I think that it's it's a possibility that they could win some games. I'm not expecting them to. Like, I'm I'm fully expecting them to keep losing. I I really just want the consistency in terms of knowing what I'm going to get and like hopefully delivering on some of those reset expectations that are like the lowest of the low. Um, but like you said, I'll, I'll probably still be disappointed. So, Yeah, and like it's, we don't have to worry about passing the Pistons. We only have to worry about having the fourth worst record because the record, the lotto odds are the same for the three worst records. So it's okay if we end up the third worst team in the league. That doesn't change our lotto odds. But just like it would be so Timberwolves to actually do well enough to hurt our lotto odds. Wouldn't that be like the most Timberwolves yeah, thing they could yeah, do? Yeah, that's what we have well, to avoid. If, if they keep on this pace, like to, to drop back three spots, I mean, if they just stayed at this exact pace – the magic already have 13 wins the the wolves at this pace would end the season with 14 yeah, so it, it just true. feels like it's almost impossible that they're going to could do that i do think if we are kind of looking forward uh to the second half of the season i do think we will have a better record just because the, the one of the things that's underrated is the schedule and ben's points this out every one of our home stands this season has been three games and four nights and then you're back on the road there's been no extended time at home so it's almost like a road trip because you're just coming into town your hometown and you're basically living at the arena and then going home to sleep and coming back to the arena. So it's not like we've actually had any home stands. And that's the kind of poor scheduling you give to bad teams in the league because who cares about them? And I get that. And so I do know the second half of the season has a lot more home stretches, a lot better, like the road trips aren't as bad. So I would say just by circumstance alone, we'll probably end up better than seven wins. But will we have 13 wins in the second half? I'm not going that far. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. They got the, they were 2-0 and to start. So it's, that's pretty crazy to think about, too. I'll Always remember when this team was fully healthy, we were undefeated. We had a fully healthy roster; no one could touch us. We'll hold not on even, to that forever. Not yeah. even the Utah Jazz, best team in the uh, West. Even they couldn't touch us. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. We will. Uh, we're going to talk more about the future and more about the rest of this season. But before that point, uh, we have to get to our sponsor here. We do have a sponsor here at the halfway point of this season, and uh, we're going to get into that right now before uh, we get to predict it. Greetings, Timberwolves fans. Welcome to the halfway point of the NBA season. What a year it has been. Incompetent, insulting, pathetic, and cosmically cursed. Wish you could forget it all? Well, now you can with Recollection Reversal. Sometimes in life you want a restart button, a blank slate, or a fresh beginning. And with this new twice-daily pill, you'll get all of the above. 
Simply take one dose with breakfast and one with dinner, and you'll be returned to a blissfully ignorant pre-season state of mind, not knowing whether this team is good or bad. Recollection Reversal is FDA and NDA approved for the long-suffering Timberwolves fan in your life. They've worked for years on their patented precise formula to help wipe the memories of even the sharpest-minded Wolves followers. And ironically, don't forget about Recollection Reversal for Kids, the new chewable version of this miracle drug with capsules and fun Timberwolves shapes. Your child will be delighted to take their brain chemistry-altering medicine when it comes in the form of Crunch, the Wolves logo, Gerald Green's Slam Dunk Contest Cupcake, and more. So to all you sick and twisted Timberwolves fans still following the team, please consider your mental health. The first half of this season has been an abomination that you wish you could unsee. And Recollection Reversal is here to make that a reality. Thank you to Recollection Reversal for their support of Wolvescast. Speak to your doctor to see if Recollection Reversal is right for you. Side effects include permanent brain damage, false memory ideation, delusions of grandeur, violent mood swings, involuntary trips to the sunken place, hearing suggestive voices, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind syndrome, migraines that last for 72 hours, growing fur, and that icky feeling you get when you hear two pieces of styrofoam rubbing together. Please seek immediate medical care if you start receiving spiritual visions of crunch instructing you to commit crimes. And up next, it's time for Predict It. We'll predict it. Right, as we do a few times per year, we need to predict the future, and there's no better time to do that than right here at the halfway point. Um, so we have, uh, all three of us have uh, some predictions that are just ironclad, right? There's just no way that these things uh, aren't coming true. Um, but first, we need to recap some of our older predictions from earlier in the season to see how we're doing. Um, so one of them I had was that uh, Ricky Rubio will be traded, traded at the deadline. And uh, I feel like... Uh, still possible. Still possible. Still you're, about the same odds from when I predicted this. You're like, trading a distressed asset is the only problem. Yeah, but yeah. there's very few assets on this team that aren't worth less than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's he's righted the ship a little bit. He's still not the player he was a few years ago, but... Well, you, you can know, he's you still could a good say backup that point guard. He's still good. It's just the Timberwolves who are bad. There you go. If you get this point guard right now, you're really getting the Phoenix Utah Ricky. Not this. There you go. Not this yeah. Ricky. Who could succeed in Minnesota? Come on, it's not his. It's fault. not possible. Yeah. Um, Scott predicted that the Wolves will not have another positive COVID test before the trade deadline. And so hey, far, so good. So I mean, knock so on wood, trade deadline's still coming up. A few more weeks. Yeah. As long as everyone's safe during their vacation, uh, I think I have a good chance of getting that one right. Uh, I predicted uh, that uh, Jared Vanderbilt will start more games than Hernan Gomez. This was Ooh. a little bit of a lark for me. And uh, Hernan yeah. Gomez is a is a garbage time guy only at this point. If you, so. if you heard that today, you'd be like, yeah, Neil, super obvious. Duh, yeah. But when you said that, <laughs> it was actually very uh, kind of a hot prediction. This was when Hernan Gomez was in the COVID protocol and it was like, yeah, he's going to come back and start or at least have rotation minutes. And that hasn't been the case. I feel like the real spicy one would be predicting Vanderbilt versus McDaniels. There for you the rest go. Of the yeah. More starts. Yeah. And then this one, you know, it's not my fault. It's not the crystal ball's fault. It, it is my fault. Uh-huh. You know, the crystal ball is flawless, but I kind of phoned this one in. I wasn't looking that carefully. I we was both distracted. Said this. We both had been saying this. I, one. I thought that Ryan would be given enough rope to go to the end of the season. You know, it's just cleaner and easier to install your coach in the. 
end of the season. I mean, no one ever gets a coach from another team's staff in the middle of the season. At least it hasn't happened since 2009. So I thought I was safe with this one. But uh, unfortunately, I should have paid more attention to the crystal ball because Ryan, out of here. <laughs> totally. Yeah, okay. That Rubio one, I just will add, like when I when I heard that, I was like so sad because I'm I'm a Rubio fan. I was yeah, so happy same, when same, they brought same. him back. And, you know, I, I'm like they're really going to break my heart again by trading him at the deadline or whenever. Like, that's just too much to handle. Now it's like, I am such a Rubio fan that I want him to go be happy. He does exactly. not deserve this. Go like, find a playoff get team. Him out, get him out of here. Yeah. Alexi, change, change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. So, yeah, we each have uh, two more uh, uh, excuse me, predictions to put forward here. And, uh, Jake, let's start with you here as our guest. Uh, we'll do a little round robin here, but uh, why don't you get us started with uh, your uh, first prediction uh, for the rest of this season? Uh, what, what are you thinking? What's going to happen? What do you want to predict right now? Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was really bothered by this all day because usually my predictions, I'm like trying to, you know, really spice it up and, and do something more than like the Wolves will win the lottery, which is a 14% <laughs> chance. Like, you know, there's no real drama. We're already thinking about it. I had this thought last night. And it was when I was laying in bed, it was probably like 1230, just thinking about the Timberwolves, you know, like I do. And I, I, I <laughs> like could a normal not, person. yeah, I could not remember it this morning. I usually write these notes down, like in my Twitter drafts and save it. And so this is what I, what I thought of today. I think it's it. Um, but if it doesn't come true, it's just remember I had a better one. Uh, but I think the <laughs> Wolves are going to lose a game by 50 points or more this year. Oh, um, no. It was it was something I was hoping for last night when they were down about 38. I was like, let's see how bad this can get. Um, and so I looked it up, and their their worst loss is 48. And it just kind of feels like you know the way the season's going. There's going to be some games toward the end of the year where it's either intentional tank or you know skill. But I, that's my first one: is that the Wolves will lose a game by 50 points or more. Wow, yeah, that does not seem like out of the realm of possibilities. Like, like you mentioned, especially coming off that Charlotte loss, man, it was just a just a barrage and just a lack of effort, and that's how that happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think especially as we get closer to the end of the season here, I I feel like the you know the race for that you know ninth and tenth seed are really going to have like more teams like going for it and stuff. So you're not going to necessarily see the malaise that you normally do. And, uh, yeah, I could definitely see the Wolves losing one of those. Yeah, especially, right, sitting some guys, resting some players, and there's just that night. I looked up some stats right now. It seems there a team has lost by 50 points or more 45 times in league history. All right. Uh, a 50-point loss would not be the worst in Tim Rolls' history. Really? In the 2001-2002 series, we lost to the Chicago Bulls by 53 points. Actually, no. Ooh. We beat them by 53 points. Oh, wow, so ooh, I take that back. Everyone, no I take way. That, back. that can't be. When was this? 2001? 2001, 2002. So it was bad times for the Chicago I Bulls. I remember that. One of the yeah. better. Uh, yeah, I have the date here even. It's uh, November 8th, 2001. My Man. goodness. And wow. then the, the Minneapolis Lakers are even higher on this list. We have them, even though they're not that. They won a game by 58 points over the St. Louis Hawks in the Western Division semifinals. So a playoff game in which we won by 58 points. I guess it's not we anymore. Those those records all went to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to change my prediction to the Wolves will win a game by 50 points or more this season. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, incredible all right nice one there yep that one uh seems very very possible scott you want to do uh hit the next one here for us sure i posited this question to wolves fans before this week which i said 
you know, Chris Finch has started his NBA coaching career like 0-3, knowing that he's going to be a coach for the Timberwolves. Will he ever get to right. over 500 in his you coaching career week. again? Yeah. And yeah. I wanted your opinions. And now it's even worse. You know, now <laughs> yeah. he's like 0-5 to start his coaching career or something. Yeah. My prediction is that he will go as far as being 0-13 oh, no. before he gets his first win. Because I looked at the Timberwolves schedule. I don't think we have a win on the board until the weekend of March 26th, 27th. We have a home back-to-back against the Rockets, who are wow. also like one of the worst four teams in the league right now. I mean, they're a team we might accidentally overtake in the tanking race. Uh, so my prediction is Chris Finch will go 0-13 before getting his first win as an NBA coach. <sighs> yeah, playing a lot of uh, playing a lot of uh, playoff teams straight out of the gate here. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Thunder, though, Scott, on, uh, on the 22nd. You overlooked that one. You think they're going to lose to the Thunder. I've seen this team play the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, and then they have back-to-back. Shea, Shea will pull the Thunder through that one. You know, Al Horford will have yeah. a career night. You know what's going to happen. That's, the one, that's the thing. Again, going back to, like, oh, yeah, other teams have had it tough, too. Like, the Thunder are, like, the team in the league who are like strip it all down they are the most like tankiest team in the league and yet they are like they beat four the or five off of us they have like four or five wins more than us yeah. and it's gonna get worse for them too i mean they're probably gonna trade horford trade hill at the at the trade deadline so they'll be contending remember that there. game where they played where we had a back-to-back against them and they had like eight players available and we still lost both games of the back-to-back <laughs> to them but like we, won, the, we did... won i think it was the first one right that was the deal oh we game. did yeah, 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 yeah. the, the al right. horford yeah. one that's uh, right how yeah. could i forget yeah. One of our seven wins that was, of the season. That, that, exactly. You can't forget about those <laughs> I, wins. I really shouldn't. I'm sorry, Tim Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, totally. Yeah. 0 and 13. All right. We'll see what when uh, Chris Finch's uh, first win. Welcome to the league, Chris Finch. This is what, <laughs> how we do things in Minnesota. Well, All that right. Rocket series will be a tankathon, right? I mean, those yeah. two yeah. really will of- be. They've fallen. I mean, three years ago, those were two teams battling it out in a playoff series, oh, and now right. they're at the bottom of the league. It's it's kind of sad. It makes a big difference. Just a couple of years. All right, my first uh, prediction is going to be a positive one. You guys are you guys are going negative, uh, r- r- smartly so. But uh, I'm going to go on a lark here and say that Anthony Edwards will lead all rookies in scoring here in the second half. Just in the second half, right? Not for the entire season potentially, but uh, I think he's like second or third right now. I know balls. Excuse me, scoring more than him, but I think here in the second half, um, you know, Chris Finch has uh, you know made made a lot of noise about you know you know potentially doing different rotations and different guys getting minutes and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe Anthony Edwards is awful defense will uh, maybe actually have him sitting a little bit more, but I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to play more than ever. He's going to have lots more opportunity, and I don't know. I, he looks pretty tough right now. Kind of looks maybe a little bit rookie wall ish out there, but I think he's going to figure it out. He's going and get just so many opportunities. I don't think the team's going to win that many games, but I could really see some of those shots starting to fall, some of those you know you know hits at the rim kind of going in, those types of things. So I think uh, you know he'll lead all rookies in scoring from this point on. We'll see if that happens. I bet I'll be a one from day one. I mm-hmm. like this one because. You know he can score 20 points a game, even if it takes him 30 shots to get to 20 oh, yeah. points. Oh, yeah. It might not be an efficient uh, highly scoring. No, it, it will never be an efficient highly scoring. <laughs> this is a guy who scored, like, I think one of the last games this week, he scored 21 points on 24 shots. shots. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. Like that. So, yeah, he'll take as many shots as he needs to to get to 20 points. But I do believe in him to get to the points. He's just going to chuck up a lot of shots to get there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Ed- Edwards is... Uh, you know, ability to take a step forward. or I think that's one of the things to watch, too, here in the second half of 
is you know like we're saying some of these young guys that's that's what we have to hang our hats on is the progression of of young guys just getting a little bit better and figuring out the league even if it doesn't necessarily mean to win uh you know uh you know lead to win so we'll see how that goes for for young ant right there um all right jake back to you uh what is uh your second prediction here for our predicted segment yeah definitely want to end on a uh, submit my second one as a positive one like nice. you know making my making my podcast debut it's too <laughs> bad that this team couldn't you know have like if we would have done this any other week i probably would have had like infinite more optimism than after what we saw last night and probably the <laughs> yeah. last week um so just you know usually i i try to keep it almost always positive um but this will be a positive prediction the Wolves will not finish with the worst record in the NBA. Oh, hot wow. take. Hot wow. take. Yeah. So I think that, Explain you know, yourself. it's like they're, uh, you know, they're, they're only a few games behind Detroit for that. And I truly think that like this team, if they can figure it out and if, if I, you know, keep drinking the, uh, the Kool-Aid on it, like they should win a few more games than some of these other teams that seem to be bad. I don't watch a lot of like Pistons and, Rockets basketball so I I could be underselling some of those other teams but I think that at the end of the day they can actually win some games toward the end of the year when everyone is around if that's the case right if if they kind of have those core uh, players still here I I know that they're going to need to come out and prove at least something I mean if if it just if it's like what it's been you know the first half or the second half I mean how are we going to, you know, drop any optimism this offseason? It it seems like there's just going to be no way to sell that. So I think they have to kind of try and win some games here and there. Um, it's hard so, to envision them being worse. We have a winning percentage of 19% right now. So I think it's very hard to picture them being worse. But you're saying, you know, even if they're a little bit better, that might be enough. I think the Rockets, you know, they they were probably going to get a little better a when Christian Woods gets back. But oh, you're right. I yeah. think Detroit Pistons, they might buy out Blake Griffin or just get rid of him and really go for the tank. Mm-hmm. So And, and like you guys said, that. it's, you know, they can end up second. Um, I don't know if, if third would be, but it wouldn't hurt their lottery odds. So like, yeah. there's going to be yeah. a point where they can win some games and it's not like, you know, having any impact on that 40%. That's so, what keeps this prediction optimistic because if yeah. you were saying they, they were going to get out of that, you know, they're going to win so many games, they'll get out of the <laughs> bottom three. Yeah. Then it's a pessimistic prediction. No, like, never oh, do no. that. We don't want yeah. that. If that was no. the case, no, no, no. Then you I could see, you know, actually, keep that you know, 40% like, let's tank, tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Man, the, the competition is is not that tight, though. It's pretty wild. I mean, the Wolves are the only team in the NBA without double-digit wins. They've really built themselves a nice pad, I think, right here. Because even if you're, yeah, even if you know they do get more wins here in the second half of the season, man, they they're they are so behind, so far behind the rest of the pack. And like we're saying, other than um, you know the, the the potentially the Rockets and the Thunder, well, maybe maybe said, maybe the Pistons, the all th- these other teams think they can make the tenth seed. They're going to be trying. I can't. Yeah. Maybe the Cavs that's will drop true. back down or something. But that's the other thing about this. Mm-hmm. That's the wrinkle in this season. The add in of the play in stuff. Teams love to just hang their hat on. Okay, oh, we made the playoffs. Technically, we made the playoffs. We played. Yeah. We made yeah. the play in. So the the gravitational pull towards the bottom is going to be far less this year than I think we've seen in. Past seasons. And as Jake pointed out, the 13th seed in the West is the Thunder. The 13th seed in the East is the Cavs. They both have twice as many wins as the Timberwolves. They both have 14 wins, which is obviously
obviously terrible, but that's twice as many wins as we had. And so. the only yeah. reason the Rockets are close is because they've lost 13 in a row. Yeah. That is insane. And that's all been when Christian Wood's out. So when he comes back, you know, unless they, they do the strategic uh, rest him for the rest of the season thing to get their draft pick. But don't they not own any of their draft picks? Didn't they trade them all yeah. for Russell Westbrook? Yeah, so. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. they don't have They could have been ours, you know. could have been I ours. Thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about the Jimmy Butler trade today, and I was like, those four first-round picks actually would be kind of nice right now, wouldn't they? Yeah, the yeah. Dario Saric, uh, Robert Covington return isn't quite that. All right, Scott, you're up next. What do we have here? All right, I think, you know, things are – another optimistic note is that as spring blooms, we think that maybe we're turning the corner on this whole COVID thing that's been happening. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. There's even optimism. I mean, Biden said by the end of May, everyone who wants a vaccine will have one. Let's so go. perhaps – by the end of this Timberwolves season, they're going to start letting in some fans. I know right now they're letting in some friends and family. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe they'll do the first responders first kind of responders, thing. Yeah. And then eventually they might sell a few tickets, not a whole lot. Maybe they'll open 1,000, maybe 2,000 We're talking tickets. mid-May. Like, yeah. that's a while out. Well, yeah. you know, maybe in April they're feeling comfortable. Like, enough people have been vaccinated that they're like, because you see other teams doing this already where they're yeah. selling like 1,000 tickets or yep. 2,000 tickets. I think the Timberwolves will open up a limited number of seating. Like, we're going to limit open up 1,000 seats. And, I, and my prediction is when they do this, they will never sell out. They, they'll they say, we're only going to open 1,000 seats. They will not sell 1,000 tickets. That is I think super interesting. No matter what happens, no matter how limited the opening is, they will never sell out a game for this season. <laughs> right. So the idea is like, yeah, let's say the number is 1,500. Are there 1,500 individuals within driving distance who would pay money to attend an NBA game in person? Like and you're saying not no just way. an NBA not game, an NBA game, a Timberwolves, Timberwolves game. Yeah. Sure, yes, yes, <laughs> of course, game. of course. So yeah, I think it's a good prediction because I think that number is going to be pretty low. Even if you take out how bad the team's been, it's going to yeah. be like people are going to be a little wary about it. You'll, Some people won't be vaccinated. They're like, ah, I'm going to wait. They'll say it's a sellout, but it's really going to be like, yeah, we sold a thousand, and then we had to give away five hundred to nurses and, and stuff. <laughs> and I can't imagine the tickets are going to be cheap. Like I feel like they'll probably at least have normal prices. If not, it'll be like extra expensive to go probably because there's such low capacity right they'll probably charge yeah. you 100 bucks a head you, and you're probably sitting that. pretty close they yeah. won't put anybody in the upper level you'll be sitting in the lower bowl so it'll probably be at least like 75 it'd probably be like between 60 and 100 dollars for tickets or something like that yep. and yeah i don't know that people will put up that money for this not awful, for, the, awful not for this team. year's team nope would, would yeah. you guys go would you go to a game this year if you i mean yes i i definitely would i i would i would have to see if i'm vaccinated because yeah I, vaccination I, would mean my desire to see the team is there the only thing yeah. that would keep me is not that i'm upset with this terrible team the only thing that would keep me as my Safety, yeah. I, i'm one of those people who's been extra careful so i'm gonna wait till i'm vaccinated before i go but if i do get that vaccine early i'll be there yeah what about See, you jake would you go that's exactly it i mean i'm not gonna risk my life right or anyone else's but like if i could i, pr- I probably would and i think you know I, I think that there's more of us out there than we even realize right that would be willing to do that whether they're vaccinated or not like i i, yeah. I think, think that you know, there's just a lot of people who love this team and think how clearly would. it's crazy. Just imagine how clearly the referees could hear my taunting in an empty arena. I want right. to hear that. I want to hear the game, you know, like I want to hear that game when there's not. Well, yeah. there, you know, it's not usually a full stadium, but I want to hear it when there's you can truly hear them. I think that would be really cool. 
Yeah, yeah, I wonder how much the fake sound like plays into the in arena experience, and if that is like at normal levels, or if like we're saying it is a little bit quieter and you can mm-hmm. yell a little bit. But I think the devil's advocate for this one, though, Scott, is that maybe so many people are just excited to get back to like real life that they don't even care how bad like or like normal times. They don't even care how bad the team is. They just want to do a normal thing. So they're gonna they're just gonna put blinders on. I'm just going there because I can, right? Like yeah. that's the one point that I could see people actually well, going. You so. know they. Why, why go to the Target Center when you can go to the Twins Target game Field will be you open. Know, exactly. Yep. 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 Talk about an even safer environment. That's outdoors, right. open you're, air. Watch a team outdoors. that's going to win more games than they lose this season. Get a hot dog. Watch a good team. Yeah. You're Can't right. Wait. You're right. No. Yeah. People won't want to go indoors for uh, basketball. It would be nice by that time. All right, Neil. You're, you've got one final prediction All right, for us. One more here. Um, I'm predicting that D'Angelo Russell will not play another game for the Wolves this season. Scott brought it up. You basically made my point for me uh, earlier. I should have looked ahead to the doc. You should have looked ahead, <laughs> but you didn't. Ahead. But yeah, like you said, I think it's out of caution and out of tanking and just there's so many reasons why they need to be careful with this and just like let it ride. There's not uh, other than the fact of like appeasing the fans and showing that there actually is a blueprint for this and actually show that Towns and Russell can be good together and have them play more than what three games consecutively or something. That is really the only reason why do you put put them back out there. Whereas I think, like we said, it's still going to be another month. The season is going to be about over. It's going to be like three fourths of the way over. Do you really bring him back at that point? So I think I'd be I'd be surprised if Russell plays again for the Wolves. Maybe at the last last few weeks, just to get a little feel good to go into the next year or something. But even then, he's going to be even more out of shape. You know, you can't really stay in shape when you have knee surgery. You can't ride the bike. You can't go running and stuff like that. So there's no recent history of the Timberwolves being like we got. To get this guy back for the last week, we're out of it. But come on, we need Towns to play a couple games. With We've D-Lo. never seen We've, it. That we haven't seen that behavior from the Timberwolves. Yeah, so I would not be surprised at all if uh, we don't see Russell again this year. And that and that is also building in the idea that they trade him. They might. I mean, yeah. it seems crazy because because of how much Rosas put into this last year. But if someone's going to give you a decent deal where you don't have to give up that much stuff and you can get off this guy and sort of do a big, big reset for next year, maybe they'll do that too. So I think there's like a 5% to 10% chance they trade him at the deadline and an even bigger chance that he just doesn't suit up again just due to the injury this year. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe more of an out there one, but uh, we'll, we'll see if Russell comes on back. I'd like to see it, but I, I kind of am starting to feel like it's not going to happen, as you brought up already, mm-hmm. Scott. All right, cool. That does it for Predict It. We made it through. We made predictions. They are definitely happening. Uh, that's the final say on that, and uh, we'll be tracking those throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but as we do every single episode, we got to wrap this thing up with a game, and uh, it's extra fun when we have uh, three people here on the show, so uh, Jake and I can kind of go head to head. Spans my opportunity. There you go. It gives me so many yeah. new choices to do with a game. Yeah. And so, not to disappoint, I have a game here that's never been played before Ooh, on Wolfscast. Ah, 153 wow. episodes before. This never been done, but I thought I'd tailor it to some of your strengths here because. Neil, uh, Jake, you've both made some amazing uh, apparel, some amazing commerce items. Uh, I think that you both have similar, the same kind of like, you know, you want to scratch that itch being like, there's not something cool that I want to buy, so maybe <laughs> yes. I should make my make own stuff, myself. you know? <laughs> That's so right. for this game, 
I am now the head of Timberwolves Merchandising. Oh. And I have a few problems I need for you guys to solve. Okay, so cool. I'm going to present you a merchandising opportunity. I'll give you like 30, 40 seconds to think of what your product that you would present to me is. All right. And then I'll have you each give me your uh, your pitch for a product, and I will pick whoever's the winner of each one. Okay, okay? cool. You got some okay, prompts cool. for us here? Yeah, absolutely. I've got some prompts, and while you know, 30 seconds of dead air doesn't sound good, I'll just play some sound drops while that's happening while you guys think. Because <laughs> okay? we got a bunch. We, we've really run away from I'll just talk. Drops. Out loud, but it won't have anything to do with what I'm thinking. Sure, absolutely. There and might be works. some uh, magic of editing in this part too. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. So here's our first item, uh, guys. I've heard from Glenn Taylor. He really thinks that what our fans need is a signature novelty apparel item. It's got to cost less than twenty dollars. It's something that could be worn at games or at home when you're watching the game. The inspiration for this is the the cheese head. Remember when people would go to Packers games and they would wear a slice of cheese on their head, and that was a Fun, cheap novelty item that really brought the whole fandom together. And, you know, you go to Vikings games, you see people wearing Vikings hats with the little horns and stuff. I think the Timberwolves need something like that to have everyone be wearing when they're in the audience. And then even if you're up in Duluth and you're watching, you can wear it at home and feel like you're part of the experience. So I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds to think about what your response to that would be. All right, I've got one already. So I'm All just right. going to go into it and I'll let Jake think of his. Okay. Uh, my first thing that I came up with is, uh, it, it's I'm not sure exactly what you would call it, um, but essentially it is um, like cat ears. Okay, so it is um, it is a, it is a sort of headband that you put on your head. Um, you wear it, and it is like either cat ears or it is kind of wolf ears. You don't really know. It could go either way, sort of ironically, because it's you know cat cats and dogs you know polar opposites sort of. But in in, in in sort of a way, the way this looks, it could look like you're kind of trying to be crunch the wolf, or it could look like you're representing Carl Anthony Towns' cat, and you're wearing these ears again it's got to be a cheap product you know so it's going to be like gray kind of like wolf ears that you can wear um so it's a wearable it's fun you can uh, you know i think it'd be a big hit with the ladies you know i'm thinking i'm a big disney parks fan i'm thinking like the mouse ears you know mm-hmm. that are really big over there um with like the mini bow and stuff there so you know and i think it's good because you, you roll out the first one and then if it's popular then you can kind of create new ones each year you can have variations depending on the jersey colors and stuff like that um so yeah so it is a crunch mostly a crunch inspired but also towns in the name maybe it's cat ears or crunch ears but um yeah so so that's kind of going to be my loose idea for for what we're doing here as far as a wearable something to put in your head uh so yeah that that's uh that's something i think could be sold for under 20 dollars nice thing to put on kids like it ladies like it cat ears all right i i like the idea uh jake uh, i'd love to hear what you're thinking awesome well i would definitely buy that by the way but um, Thanks, man. i'm thinking like the one thing I really miss about Target Center um, that hasn't been there for a while was that big moon that hung up in the corner. I know it was oh, yeah. pretty controversial. I right? think that was I a Flip Saunders like thing, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. But what, I, what I'm thinking is like a moon head, right? Because then <laughs> you can kind of have this nice balanced circle on your head, right? It's not going to like tip and, and flop around like, you know, a piece of corn or cheese. You know, it looks nice. Um, but then I think what, what kind of brings everyone together is that you have your other people probably wearing a wolf shirt or wolf apparel. They can howl at that, right? And that's that's kind of something that whether you're at home, the game, whatever, um, you know, it gives you kind of that thing to, to prompt your howling. Uh, that's going to help opponents miss free throws. If you're at the game um, at home, it's just going to create like a super cool environment when everyone's like always howling. Right. And that's kind of like the main point of emphasis with this team, right, is they're wolves. So I think that would be it. I think you could add a lot of other accessories to it if you needed to. There could be kind of a it could have a glow 
you know you could change the moon type it could actually sync up maybe now in this this technolo- technological era you know you, you could sync it to the moon phases and then you also always know what moon phase you're in um and and also you know all the people can be buying additional wolves merch and dressing up like an actual wolf and howling at that moon okay well this is a tough decision for me and i think i'm gonna go with this one here's a little feedback neil I, I like uh, the wolfier idea. I don't like the cat ear idea okay, because yeah. players come and go in this franchise. Yeah, we always are overstocked on player merchandise. And we have to sell it for a deep discount and a loss when that when that player inevitably when they get leaves traded, us. Yeah. So no cat ears, wolves ears though. That could be good. I don't like the gray. I think it should be like a blue or team colors or something like that. But the variations, like the Homer Hanky kind of strike me, where it's like every year could be a little bit different. It could be distinctive. You could be at the game wearing your ears from like three years back to be like, I was here when. Classic ones. I like that. I think the moon is more creative than that. But I think in practicality terms, there might be an issue because either it's going to be so large on your head that it's going to hurt visibility for people behind you, (laughs) or it's going to be a little smaller. And then it just looks like a little halo hair braid thing. (laughs) It's got It's got to be. It's got to be pretty big. I'm going to say right, that. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm worried that that might hurt visibility and make it a little impractical. But you really did have me with the sink the moon phases thing. That, that is the kind of interactivity I think could be special. But <laughs> that's like V4. Yeah. Round one, I'm going to give it to Neil. It just seems like that's a little bit more practical. I think people would go for it a little bit more. So Thank round you. one goes to Neil. Let's Thank you. Move on to our second item. Gentlemen, we have an issue at the Timberwolves. We've had fans missing from our arena for a year. And even before that, we had some pretty bad attendance. So we need something, a door prize to get butts in seats. You know, one of those special promotions. It has to be better than a bobblehead, though. You know, bobbleheads just don't bring people into the seats like they used to. I want something that's going to go viral. I want something that's, you know, you got to have it. I want something like the National NBA Blogs. We'll pick this up as like a fun blog item. Like, hey, everyone, this prize that they're giving away to people the first 10,000 people who come to this game is so clever and fun and novel that we've decided to air it on our national you know coverage blog I want something that's going to go viral in that sense so I want you guys to think of a promotional item that could be given away to fans that is going to be so unique that it gets picked up on the national scene I think I can go first on this one because I had something pop right into my head Um, all right go for it. it I think I think that this is going to get you that buzz that you want for better or for worse. Um, and I think that people will talk about it because it, it's not something I can think of that's really been done. Um, but I would say just give free tickets out, right? Just be like, hey, the first 20,000 people that show up, you just get in for free, you know, because uh, it would it would just be something that's so Timberwolves, right? Like you can't even give away the tickets. You know, they, they probably would have 15,000 people show up for a 20,000 seat, you know, free ticket deal. And it would be kind of self-deprecating. Um, but I would... That, that's where my head went initially. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to win on the business side of things, if I'm speaking to Glenn. Uh, but I think it would create some interesting buzz that, you know, it, it would end up being a lot of dunked on type things on, on Twitter and stuff. But I, it would at least get people talking. All right. Free tickets. Was not expecting that to be proposed. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you were already taking it on the chin financially this year. Just go for it all the way. Get some butts in those seats. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, I got a couple different ideas here, but uh, I think I'll go uh, with this one centered around the idea of uh, of uh, Ricky Rubio. And uh, this one's a little tough because, um, you know, the, the golden era of Ricky Rubio was earlier in his career. And, um, you know, nowadays when he's back, he, he looks very different. But I'm thinking of a Rubio wig. Okay, it's it's hair. It's it's uh, you know, he kind of had the mop top 
kind of like swoopy hair um, when he, when he first arrived. So I don't know if it's that or if it's his new longer, um, you know, head and shoulders commercial samurai kind of look. But I'm thinking of an item that you get when you walk through the front doors. First five thousand people um, get to come in and they get a proper wig and they get to look like Rubio while they sit in the stands. Um, I was also thinking the Rubio, his new lion tattoo. It's a temporary tattoo that is like the, the big old lion that's on his shoulder. It's but, quite permanent. Though. Yeah. It's not temporary. Yeah, yeah. But for fans, <laughs> oh, I it's see. temporary. Out. Yeah, you give them out and you get the big one. But the thing is, he's not really known for that tattoo. I mean, much unlike uh, Nikolai Pekovic, he had the most iconic tattoo in Timberwolves history. That's really one you could market and really push out there. Whereas, you know, it's notable that Rubio has that. But he also has like the sleeve that covers up half of it. It's yeah. not really that prominent. So I think both those could be considered. But I'll go with the wig for the for the hair more than uh, more than the temporary tattoo. All right. Well, this one I've made my decision about. I do like the idea of the Ricky Rubio wig. There's a little history there. Remember when they had like the Joe Mauer sideburns? Sideburns, that they gave hilarious. Out? So, yeah, that was a very popular that. item. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the temporary tattoo, teams have done that. The Grizzlies did that a few years ago. Really? And so the fact that you haven't heard about it shows that it's not really going <laughs> to capture the national attention. And also, I'm a little worried about Ricky Rubio because by the time yeah. fans can come back, he might not be on the team anymore. You yeah. predicted. Yeah, that he will be once, gone at the trade deadline. Once the wigs have been made, he'll be he'll be gone. That's exactly and, right. And then we have all these wigs. We, we plead with like uh, Jake Lehman to grow his hair out so he can we can say, <laughs> call him Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman man bun. Free tickets. At first, I was a little bit worried because it will get national attention. A team giving away tickets for free. The worst team. Yeah. I do feel yeah. like there's the risk of getting the wrong kind of PR where they're saying, look at this terrible team. They can't even give tickets they away. They have to do that. They Yeah, they can't even give them all away. But I do think that you could frame it right. Being like, in this economy... You know, we're not the kind of people we're going to look down our, our noses. We want it, the Timberwolves to be accessible to even those who can't afford the experience. And you know what? I was a little worried. If you get people coming for the tickets, then where are they going to? They're not going to buy seats. But I realized you give away the worst seats in the stadium. You say, if you want to sit for free, you will sit in the nosebleeds, mm-hmm. but you're welcome to come in. So that way you get all the positive PR of giving away free tickets, and you don't lose the money by giving away any premium seats that you would actually sell. So I do think that it would be the first of its kind promotion. I've never heard it being done before, so I'm going to go with free tickets as the item that's going to capture the national attention. Nice. Wow. Nice. Well, I, I I did remember last year, they did do something like that where it was Cat and D'Lo, I think, that had like framed it as they purchased yep. you know, maybe 1,000 tickets. Uh, yeah, that's been and, done a few times between the yeah, Lynx and the Timberwolves yeah. in the past. And it's the same thing. It's the nosebleeds that aren't going to sell out. So come on down. And, and you know what? We've never had them not sell out. So the, yeah. you're worried that they wouldn't sell out of the free tickets. They've always sold out of the free tickets. So yeah. that's good. All right. We're on our final item. You know what? We need something when kids come to games, something that, you know, they're like, dad, buy me this. Mom, buy me this. You know, that's a real moneymaker at games is like just selling the frivolous at in arena novelty items to little kids who are going to demand stuff. So I want you to come up with an item to be sold at the games in the arena for children. And it has to feature crunch because you know what crunch is the players come and go, you know, kids get disappointed when uh, the roster turns over, but crunch is eternal. He's always there for the kids. And let's be honest. When I was a kid going to see Timberwolves games, I was always on the lookout for crunch. So I'm looking for a children's item to be sold in arenas. It's going to feature crunch and become a hot selling item. All right, I got one right away. I can start. Um, this I've already pitched the crunch ears, so we're going away from that. But this is similar. 
Um, but what it is is, um, you know, we got to speak to the digital age these days. Okay, all kids are on their phones. You know, younger and younger kids have phones and devices they're walking around with all the time. So it's got to be an item that ties into the digital age a little bit. And so I think it's a, it, it's a crunch jersey actually. Okay, so you buy the crunch jersey. Uh, to my to my knowledge, it's never been sold before. So you're gonna make a big deal about all right, we're selling crunch's jersey. I forget what number even is one double zero I double zero, zero. Yeah. yeah double zero. You're selling the double zero crunch. Crunch jersey in youth sizes, but what you get with the Crunch jersey is a QR code. You can scan it. You go on your phone, and suddenly you have access to the exclusive Crunch filter so that when you take a selfie of yourself, you're wearing the Crunch jersey, and you get the face of Crunch put on your body for selfies, for Snapchat, for TikTok, whatever the kids are up to these days. So the only way you can get this this uh, QR code is with buying the, the $100 jersey or the 50, you know $75 jersey or whatever it is. And then the kids can also be stoked because they get to wear a thing, but then they also get to have uh, the, the, the the filter. What do you say? What's it called when you put the... I think filter's correct, yeah. you yeah. get the crunch filter on there to, to ha- make it look um, like that's your real head, you know, for selfies, for Instagram stories, for all... All that stuff it works across all these apps but you can only get it if you get the crunch jersey in use size so that's what i'm gonna go with gotta have the digital stuff working for the kids these days all right that, that's, a, that's really good innovative i was not expecting that <laughs> i was also thinking digital you know because wow i mean i'm i'm like at first i was like I well easy jake like. and kendall but then you said it had to be crunch so i'm like all right <laughs> well now i gotta rethink everything um, I do love the Jake, the Jake doll. Yeah. Jake yeah. doll. I mean, that would, that would have been, I mean, if, if anyone at Timberwolves listening to this, I mean, that's a million thousand they dollar do. idea. They do. Yeah. They do. Um, but no, I'm thinking, so when I, when I go to games, um, you know, the one thing about buying something is you got to carry it around. So it, it's got to be small, right. Or a thing. And so kind of what I'm thinking of it, it is sort of hopefully digital, but it's, it's kind of like, a like a, 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 what do they call it? A, a burner phone, if you will. So you <laughs> buy this little burner phone and it gives you 24 acts, 24, seven hour acts, 24, seven hour, 24, seven, 24, seven access to crunches direct line. Right. So it's, it's of course just a bot. Like these are kids. They don't, you know, understand. And it just gives you like, it's kind of like a tickle me Elmo, you know, there's like several responses. Um, but these kids can take this little phone. It's easy to transport, move around, um, but then you can kind of have a, a few buttons or texts that you can send directly to Crunch. And, and not only that, but he'll respond to you. Um, you know, so there's this giant server that is, you know, Crunch AI that's working somewhere. You got to set that up, of course. But I mean, every good toy needs infrastructure. Um, so I, I think that'd be a really cool idea. It would kind of give you the impression that, you know, Crunch isn't some mythical figure that's like, you know, the coolest, best wolf ever. And like, you don't ever get to know him. You actually get to know him this way. And, you know, eventually they're going to find out that it wasn't really crunch talking to him the whole time. I get that. But that's like a Santa Claus thing. Like it's, it's ultimately pretty funny, right? You can laugh about it. Hopefully wouldn't ruin any children to know that that was crunch bot that they were texting. Um, so I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, so it's a texting thing. It's not like a phone call thing. It's like a text. Yeah, it be a, it's, it's only text. Call? Good. Because okay. one of my issues was we have to come up with a voice for crunch. I don't think Which crunch. Is- yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know if we'd want to throw any sort of voice in there for crunch yet. Because as yeah. far as I know, he does not speak. We haven't um, heard him. <laughs> but I think, you know, that could be down the line if they ever want to reveal like what his, what he sounds like, like that, that could happen. But yeah, for now, it's really just a text thing. And, you know, kids, they don't, they don't talk to people on the phone anyway, right? They just, yeah. they just text. So. That's right. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. 
Yeah, that's yeah, this is like the trun- the crunch Twitter account, you know, in that kind of way, but even more personality maybe with it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You well, always get a response. That's the yeah. thing, right? So that's and it's like he's a- never ghosting you. With AI these days, the responses could be kind of personalized too. Yeah. You know, we'd have to be careful mm-hmm. not to infringe on children's privacy, privacy rights, but yeah. I think yeah. we could find a way around that. This is very <laughs> interesting. I was expecting something more like a giant foam finger, and you They've already came up with very innovative uh, <laughs> digital solutions to this problem. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think I, I think of the two of these. The one I could see being a real world problem is this crunch filter. Real world product is the crunch filter because that, I'm surprised they haven't done something like that before. But I think that what is going to have a child throw a tantrum in a store because their parents said you can't have the foam finger, and then it ruins the game day experience because that's all they wanted and they're throwing a fit. I don't think kids get that excited about QR codes or, or filters or jerseys as they do with toys. And every child Tech. wants a phone. Yeah. Every child wants a phone and they can't have one they're too small so when they have a chance to have like a phone toy i mean toy right there is that's the word that won me over because ultimately like a lot of little kids they don't care about the basketball they're too young for that they're just there for the flashing lights the crunch stuff and toys and so i'm gonna give it to jake here i think the toy is the the must-have item that would have a kid throwing a tantrum in the target center because they didn't get that so i'll say with the score of two to one jake you are getting hired by the merchandising director yes. of the Timberwolves. Dream. There we go. Another dream come true. Let's make it happen. The data analyst uh, position, you might not be long for that. You've got you got a mind you got a mind for uh, product marketing coming up here. Hopefully, yeah. And I mean, again, you know, this is going to be put out into the world tomorrow and if I see <laughs> Uh, you know, this phone or the Jake Lehman Kendall out there, um, I'm going <laughs> to guess that 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 it came from from this. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Jim Pete yeah. might listen to our podcast. Sometimes yeah. we cover stuff and then he brings it up. That's right. Yeah. So maybe we'll see some of that come up. That'd be that'd be an honor actually if that happened. All right. Congratulations, Jake. There you uh, you won the game. You did it, and uh, you also uh, completed your very first uh, podcast episode ever in your life. Uh, How does it feel? Uh, you made it to the end. Wow. It it feels incredible. Um, you know, I might. Might drive up to Wendy's, get a frosty, uh, or you know, maybe Arby's, get a French dip <laughs> there you for go. the for the raised by wolves That's crowd. Better. But yeah, it was, this was really fun, guys. I I really super appreciate you guys. You know, actually, this brought up some breaking news. I felt like I forgot to share. Ooh. I think the real conspiracy theory. And I need you know you deep web internet fans to check this out for me. Is that the reason why Beasley's suspension was twelve games? It's because the Arby's lobby got involved. They said. He's killing us. We're giving away way too many French dip sandwiches. <laughs> they leaned on Adam Silver. They said, "You want yeah. the sponsorship we money? Can't have this. You need to take him out for at least twelve games." Yeah, yeah, good point. I think that's I, possible. I can see that. I mean, he was single-handedly winning us free lunch. You know, at this rate, it was every other day, right? When they're playing at, at right. this kind of schedule, so Arby's couldn't take the losses. Too many sandwiches. Yeah, but no, it's been. It, this was really fun. I mean, I feel like we were. You know, I'm I'm comparing you guys and and myself to the Timberwolves in a favorable way. I know that seems impossible, but I feel like we were kind of like the Timberwolves. You know, just kind of creating chemistry on the fly, um, and I, I think it worked. So I I hope you guys feel the same, but really appreciative of you guys extending the olive branch my way. I agree. I mean, we just met, but it feels like we've been uh, old friends for a long time. So we are kindred spirits indeed. And uh, yeah, that's what made us want to shout you out in the first place. And now you've uh, you've been on the show. And uh, yeah, we have, uh, you know, we'll be looking forward to whatever you come up with the rest of the season and uh, what you come up with uh, posting on uh, Canis Hoopist as well. 
just amazing stuff. So everybody, make sure you're out there following uh, Jake at Jake Graphs. We'll link to that in the show notes and uh, and all that. Uh, anything else, Jake? You need to to plug or promote? I know we have the the Nas Reed collab. I'll try and tag that here at the end of this episode as well. This I made the song, you made the video. So hopefully we'll have some more things like that coming down the line. But anything else you want to promote, Timberwolves or otherwise, right now? No, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it with the 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 thought that we need to make some more of those. At least one, I think um, that's been my go to this Timberwolf season is that Nas Reed video. I mean, if if nice. one piece of art came from the 2020 uh, 2021 Timberwolves, that's worth keeping. I feel like you know that's up there. Uh, so I I hope we can do some more of that stuff. And the way that that started, just you know, a dumb thought from my brain as I'm sitting there getting ready for a Wolves game, put it out on Twitter. And I think within a, a day or two, the song was, was made and, and the video was there. So, you know, it's it's stuff like that that uh, I'll plug. It's it's future things that we don't know about yet that I hope you guys enjoy. Just keep the dumb thoughts coming. They, they are, uh, they, they, they uh, turn into amazing things. So uh, we like that. <laughs> yeah. And everybody who's listening, thanks for listening. Share it with your friends. I'm sure when you were listening to that game, you had your own ideas. Oh, that's a dumb product. I would come up with this product. Yeah, what well, do you got? Know. You got to share your ideas with us. Also, if you want to make some money, get that Jake Lemon Kendall going ASAP before you know there's any copyright claims or anything. Steal that money, make it work, get that hustle. So that's that's the next design I'll throw out there too. By the way, I think I'm gonna that's draw right. that. that later Build, on builds itself. You might even be able to just take a normal photo of a Ken doll and kind of make sure. it work. You might not have to change too much, but uh, we appreciate everybody listening. We know it's been uh, kind of a lackluster first season or first half of the season, but you know we're the diehards. We're gonna be here forever. So we thank you for sticking it out with us. Share the podcast with your friends. It's the best way that uh, we know to spread. We're bad at promoting ourselves, so we rely on you and your word of mouth. Uh, if you know someone who likes the Timberwolves, uh, let them know and share the pod with them. Follow us at Wolvescast. Check us out on Canis Hoopas. Follow us on Instagram at WolvescastPod. Next week, uh, we might not have a pod. We yeah, usually we'll take, a week we'll take a week off. If something probably. big happens, you know, obviously we will be here. But uh, Neil bought Shadows of the Empire on eBay, and I think him and I are going to take these days without the Wolves, and we're going to revisit that N64 Classic. So. Absolutely. But, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you, Jake, for guesting. And uh, we'll see you next time we have a podcast. Goodbye. Nas